0: What is up everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Shardog.com. My name is Sean Sheehan and today I am looking back at 1165 which went down on on Sunday morning for me um, Saturday night or maybe Sunday morning for a lot of you to over in Japan And it was a a very interesting card on paper, we talked about it uh, last week in the preview and it turned out to be arguably even more interesting uh, in practice. I suppose the big uh, talking point coming into it was that the Sage Norcott fight, which um, I went, I- I'll tell you the truth, I went to bed last night. I watched a bit of the Royal Rumble, went to bed, said, look, I'll get up early this morning I'll, and I'll, uh, I'll watch the card before I do this recap. And uh, I-, I went to bed thinking, you know, Sage Norcott is going to be fighting Shinya Yoki. Woke up today... And uh, I, I'll tell you the truth. It was starting at 8 a.m. my time. So I was like, oh, do you know what? I'll start at like 10. And then I can watch the fights forward through, watch the fight forward through, which worked out perfectly. I was like on time by the, the main event game. And I didn't even realize until the fight came. I was like, John Lineker's, John Lineker's walking out. John Lineker's not fighting today. What happened there? So uh, yeah, Sage and didn't fight Gignocchi, but John Lineker did. We'll talk about that fight in a minute. But uh, the big reason behind that was that uh, Sage put out a statement, said there was visa issues for two of his cornermen. And that one championship uh wanted to provide him or tried to provide him with not wanted. To, like well, probably wanted to as well, but uh attempted to provide him with uh a world champion jujitsu cornerman. And uh he he said, Look, I have done my whole camp with these two people, prepare me for this fight. It's against a very good ju- jiu jitsu guy, which uh in fact it is and we'll talk about that later on. Um so I don't feel comfortable fighting. Um Look, it's a tough decision. It's one of those decisions, right, where my old school, like MMA fan, on me. Is like, ah, come on, Sage, you have to, you have to take that fight anyway. The coroner's not fighting the fight for you; you're fighting the fight. But then, like, if you look at it, and we t- I've talked about this week about that, look, MMA is a sport. It's, it's, it's a legitimate sport. It's like, and if you're, you know, if your coach and your manager, let's say, like, if you're a soccer team or whatever, are not there, are you going to be taking part in that competition? You know, probably not. So at least not, you know, without someone from your direct team who can replace them, you know, maybe it's like Sage's, I don't know, maybe his father was there or, you know, one of his training partners was there or something they could have stepped in, but it didn't obviously it didn't seem like they were, so um, it wasn't possible. Was it the right decision? You know what? It probably was the right decision, but it's what a tough decision for Sage, considering like, what a, how tough of a few years he's had in terms of so many injuries and so many fights falling out and everything like that. It's look, it's, it's a brave decision. And you know, a lot of people, and including, you know, the, 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 the voice in the back of my head are, are kind of like, ah, I should have taken it anyway. Um, no, it is the right. The right decision and the wise decision not to, uh, not to take it. Um, so, let's get into the card. It's, it, this was a very interesting card, because, look, we've talked about it now, I think, on three different shows already this year, so I won't har- harpen on it too much, that, um, you know, a lot of people have complained last year there wasn't enough mixed martial arts uh, on these one championship cards, and as we've seen, especially in this one, but in the last card as well this year, there has been more, and, you know, Chattery promised that, and uh, so far he is uh, he's living up to that promise uh, by putting on more MMA fights. I think... The, the problem with this card is that of the top four three warrant mma fights and the the other one was the short notice fight between liquor and naoki obviously that we weren't expecting i i think that is an issue because you know this is you know it's a martial arts organization but i think it should be a mixed martial arts organization above that as well i think if you have an amazing, outstanding kickboxing fight, which I'm sure maybe maybe this was, uh, I'm not the biggest kickboxing expert in the world. Fine, no problem. I've actually no problem with this main event, but putting a grappling match in the co-main event when it's gonna deaden the crowd, when you know you know, it's more than likely going to be a ten minute sort of, you know, stalemate, which is interesting. I actually don't mind that. I l- I actually liked him on the card, but maybe put that opening the card or you know second from opening the main card or something like that and have at least two of the top three bmma fights i think that's the way forward for one championship i really do think that's the way forward for one championship and i know it's a there's a belt on the line and everything like that but i think it'll help your cards in future i think it'll help like the cadence of the cards as well and i think yeah i think i think that's one of those things Like I, I appreciate what one championship trying to do. You know, I interviewed Chattery and I asked him kind of straight out about that. It's like, they want to be more of a martial arts organization than a promotion. And I appreciate that. I a hundred percent appreciate that. But you also have to like, you know, you, you, you have to cater for your fans. You have to cater for the people, you know, buying the pay-per-views at home or tuning in on sky sports or tuning in on Amazon, wherever it might be. Um, and, you know, the vast majority of people tuning into are either martial artists or, like myself, a martial arts fan or co- someone covering the sport. And we just want to see it be at its best. And I think a, a slight adjustment to the card would be better than the way it is now, I think. So, I wouldn't ask to change any of the fights. I think it was a good card up and down on paper. Didn't turn out to be the best card in the world. Not, not a bad card, but... I think if you just make a few slight adjustments, like what probably what should have been done maybe was put Martin Wynn and Gary Tonan as the co-main event. Um, uh, After the kickboxing and then have Lineker versus Aoki after it, and then after that have Decatur's whole of uh, fight. I think that makes sense. Or have it the main event of the prelims or something like that. So it's like its own main event type of thing. So... um. Yeah, that's the only uh, advice I would give, or only point I would make uh, on how to to make things uh, to make things slightly better. With that said, let's get into the card and let's talk about it. Um, I I was uh, I was blown away by a few of these fights, and a few of these fights, you know, I suppose flattered to deceive in a lot of ways. So there was like two two or three fights on this card that was like, I they reached a point where okay, this is going to take off now, and they just. They just kind of didn't. Um, the one that did, I think, is the main event, which is the most important thing. So that was absolutely brilliant. Let's let's talk about that. Uh, Takeru versus Superlek. Um, obviously, Superlek, the reigning champion, coming in. Takeru, um the uh, this card was on in Japan, the, the hometown Japanese favorite uh, here, and you know, it was it was one of those fights where I I I think super like brought the caro into it a little bit i think he got i uh, maybe thought it was going a little bit too easy maybe he thought he was dominant a little bit too much let the guard down a little bit and ended up making the fight maybe a lot closer than it actually was so just to, to run through what happened round one was a slow start i think from boatman um but then midway through the round or, or not even midway through the round like in the mid part of the round uh super, like, started landing those kicks and those kicks to the leg really turned the fight. Like, he, uh, every time he landed one, it looked like... It, it didn't so much look like it hurted uh to but it just looked like it took 1% off him, 2% off him, 3% off him. And, you know, by the time 50 of them were landed, it's very hard to be the same fighter that you are when the fight started. So... That was the, the mid part of round one. There was some good straight uh, right hands from Superleg um, after that. Then Takeru, he just he was off the mark with his counters, I thought, fighting off the back foot, and it just didn't work out for him in that first round. The second round, Takeru started coming forward, but in my opinion, he would very little success apart from one very nice kind of mid-round combo. Superleg, again, just destroying that leg. By this, by this time, say at the, the five-minute mark of the fight, um, it was reddened and he was limping. So that is worst-case scenario when you're fighting a guy like Superleg. He's going to kick your leg, but now, now he has that big red mark to kick and he knows exactly uh, <laughs> you, you know, he knows exactly that, what to do, but he knows exactly that that's working as well. And that must be such a tough position for someone like Takeru. Um, Superleg was even landing hands from the back foot, I think, as Takeru was coming forward, and it just did not work for him. He had very, very little success. The turret was the same until halfway through it and to carrot he just started letting his hands go. And I I went back and like or, or actually they showed the repeat I didn't need to go back. And I thought I just thought he'd landed something like maybe he landed a shot in the middle i didn't see like something to the maybe a body shot or a, you know a little uppercut or something like that that i didn't see but no in the replay he didn't right he didn't land anything at the start of the combination anyway that we're just about to speak about but he just landed shot after shot after shot after shot and um i i think the, the word i use here is overwhelmed i think he just overwhelmed super Lucky and he didn't know how to respond didn't know what to do and i think it won to carry that round honestly I, I just think if he if you had this fight again or if he had maybe the last two rounds after this again uh, he might do a bit more of that because it was a great meta to success for him he wasn't putting himself under too much pressure he wasn't really putting himself uh, in any great um, danger of getting countered because Superleg wasn't landing counters when he was putting on that much pressure, and he was winning the fight that way, so it was very good. But uh, in the fourth, Takeru again was having success, but this time Superleg just didn't allow it to initiate a lot of the time he's on his bike. Uh, that was probably the closest round of the fight, I think. I've no idea who won that round, as I said, because Superleg was on his bike, he wasn't landing. Uh, as many leg kicks, although he was landing leg kicks from range, not as many as the... Uh, in previous uh, parts of the fight, uh, in round five, I think Takeru was going for it, but he just, he just wasn't landing anything clean, and this is probably the reason why he didn't, you know, why what he did in the third round isn't possible to do in every round because you're going to be off the mark, your opponent's going to be able to read you, you're going to become predictable, and I think the leg kicks at work again were just enough, uh, to see Superlek true. and in fact they were. He ended up winning uh the unanimous decision, retaining his title after that. Um. Overall, it was, I think it was a good fight. It was a, a very much an ebb and flow sort of fight. It's a sort of, <coughs> it's a sort of ebb and flow. We kind of don't really see in MMA that much. You know, MMA kind of, it, it's an ebb and flow like between, <laughs> I suppose, dominations of single rounds. Or the, although the the Strickland, uh, um, DDP fight last week was a little bit like that. But yeah, uh, yeah, I thought this ebb and flow of tactics, um one reacting to the other reacting to the other was you know a rare thing in uh, in mixed martial arts but in kickboxing as we've seen uh, reviewing these cards it's not as rare there um the next bout then was the uh submission grappling between cade Ricciolo uh and tommy langacker and this one uh, yeah this one (laughs) wasn't one to show your friends i don't think to get him into grappling um K jumped guard after about two minutes. The first two minutes, they were literally kind of pawing at each other, pulling on necks. You know, Kay trying to kind of bait him into something, but nothing really worked. And as I said, then he pulled guard. Uh, he went for the leg. Uh, Tommy got on top, nearly got the back. But Kay did a great job of, like, he really hustled to get out. And he trapped the arm himself from the back. Uh, got into, like, this crucifix position where he went for the Kimura. Then he got on top when that didn't work. Went for a darts. And I was thinking, this darts looks very, very good here. But um, Tommy managed to get out of it. Cade got on top again. Again, went for the darts. Again, it looked very, very good. Um, he got the catch this time from, uh, I believe it was Herb Dean. Um, so that put him in the lead in, in this bout. Um, Langacker again going for the leg. Cade kind of turned into it and got away. They're in 50-50 for a second. And then Cade got to his back went for a, a a triangle or one of those uh Kyle Pindred style James Banchokes from from his back, which went to a triangle again, didn't end up getting it, and that was the end. And um Rotolo uh ended up retaining his uh, his title and uh, and that was that. I uh I'm not exactly the biggest Jiu Jitsu expert in the world so, so if if I got anything wrong there, I think my apologies. I'm sure I missed some rubber guard, X guards some shit like I definitely missed them. Anyway, Rotolo won. Didn't win Shin Yuki against Chan Lineker. The weird thing about this, right, is you go into most Shin Yuki fights, whether it's the Sage fight, whether it's the Sexy Amma fight. And I'm actually, I'm actually not sure if I mentioned it too much in the preview. I, I'd, I'd hearken to guess I probably did at some stage, but size is always a big issue for Shin Yuki. You know, he's usually the, the kind of the smaller, weaker man. Uh, in a lot of these bouts, like, especially against, you know, the guys I just mentioned, uh, and last time out again, against um, Ibrahimov, or what's his I can't remember, um, the champ. And um, I I saw him coming into this, and he's lining up against John Lineker, and thinking, okay, wait, he's actually the bigger guy here. He can be the bully. Like, <coughs> Aoki doesn't like him. Aoki loves being the bully, and he hates being bullied, Right which I suppose would be the same for anyone, but an MMA fighter, maybe not. Um, But the second he realised he could be the bully in this fight, I think he he was almost bound to win. Lineker coming in, I think he weighed in at like 155 pounds or something yesterday, which is big even for John Lineker. Um, But the fight started off, Lineker landed one leg kick, uh, and Aoki immediately closed the distance, got, got, got on top, and from that point, you're like thinking, oh, 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 hold on here. Like, I was thinking, coming into this fight, it was supposed to be Sajan Arkad. Ioki had no chance. He's going to lose here. But now we're in, we're against Jan Lineker. You know, we're on top. Got into half guard. Thinking, oh, well, this fight has changed very, very quickly here. And it's in the first round as well. If it was in the second or third, I think, okay, maybe he'd be tired. Or maybe Lineker could, you know, he survived before. He could keep continue to survive. But that wasn't the case. Um, Aoki got into the darts, which got him the mount. I lock, let go of the darts pretty quickly. Started landing elbows, then got the back, then flattened him out. To massive ground pounding. I thought it could have been finished for a ground and pound for a second. Uh, Nothing, you know, I was going towards that. Um, he got on the back, as I said again. Then put in the uh, the, the, the neck crank slash face crank. This this was not a choke. This was not a rear neck a choke at all, he did not choke him uh, it was it was a face crank neck crank and uh, John Lineker tapped in uh, I think at exactly 3 minutes into the first round so uh, a, a pretty easy night of work for Shinya Yoki, he didn't have to fight the bigger, you know, Sage he got the short notice uh, John Lineker and uh, he ended up uh, he ended up winning the bout it was an interesting choice to make like considering so John Lineker um, he, he lost to Fabrizio Andrade, um, after that no contest in 2020, 2022, no contest 2023, uh, he won the fight to start to that, uh, sorry, he lost the fight to start to that, and then he'd come back and he was in against j Kim, losing that fight, arguably, gets the third round finish, unbelievable, goes in there against Steve Leman last time out, puts on a great performance, and you're thinking, okay, he's back into, um, you know, he's he's back into it again and uh he uh <laughs> you know, he, he's back into title contingent and he could fight for the title next coming up. And then he's in there against Shen and he loses. It's like was it was it worth it? Was it was it really worth it here? I'm not too sure about this, but look, he did it on short notice. I, I, I appreciate him doing it on short notice, but I don't know for the sake of that division for the sake if you're John Lineker yourself as well, I'm not sh- I'm not a hundred percent sure that that was the right decision. But anyway, we Will go on. Um, the next fight was also a very, very quick fight. I, I, I you know, I usually write down in my notes, you know, when the, the fight's starting, I write down the name of the two people, I write down R1, R2, R3, and for this one, I'd R1 boxing, R2 MT, Muay Thai, and R3 MMA. And uh, unfortunately, we only got round one. Uh, it well, unfortunately, for the for me and for everyone watching and for the fight itself, but not unfortunately for the two people in. I think. Um so sexy Yama versus Nikki Holskin. Um Yashiro Akiyama looked looked very, very old. And he look he is old now. Um so there's no problem with that. Um but it was the first first round was boxing. Um <laughs> they were wearing boxing shoes which they were gonna take off after the first round, which was just to me so odd. Um but very quickly into the fight, you could see that Holskin oh, uh, was going to be a massive problem for Sexy uh, He landed a big left hook, knocked him down. Uh, and I think the fight probably could have, if not should have, been stopped at that stage. I think he was in a bad, bad way. He was in such a bad way, he went for a takedown when he got back up. Um, but then he landed the right hand after that, did Holskin put him down again? And they stopped it, thankfully. Uh, I think it was Olivia Costa. I'm not, not 100% sure who the ref was. Maybe I'll be able to see it here. Um yeah, I'm not sure. But uh the fight was stopped anyway, and Nikki Holskin got the win uh, in that one. Not much to write about uh, write home about in that one. It only lasted a uh, hundred seconds. Um and Holskin dominated the uh, the older Akiyama. Uh then we had a a kickboxing uh matchup between uh, Marat Gregorian and uh Sichitang, um which was it, a very interesting one, I suppose. Um, Gregorian started on the front foot, got some nice jabs and a body kick. Uh, from Sichai, Sichai just he just looked better to me in the first round. He stretched the body were big. Gregorian was forward pressure. Um, he, he putting on forward pressure from the very start, right, getting on the front foot, as I said, and it looked really scary. Like it looked really, really scary. But for about a minute only, and after after that. I thought um, Sitchi was just much better than him in that first round and landed those big shots. And um, what a change of tact for Gregorian to start the second. Like, it's very easy to go, like, I'm going forward. I'm losing this fight. So, do you know what will I do now? Like, like, what's the answer? Okay, will I go backwards? Will I kind of jab out? Will I try to play a slower game and try to entice him out Maybe. But what he did was went more forward. <laughs> you know, he got closer into range. Rather than just uh, attacking from range and being aggressive, he started to walk him down and land inside, and it really, really worked for him. Body and head. As such as I was, um, was started to keep uh, to keep the range, he was throwing um, closer in combinations. You know, he was fighting in that range as well. But Murat was just winning. Uh, he knocked him down. It wasn't given... The ref didn't allow it. He said it was in a clinch, which is fair enough. But what I loved inside was like this close-in leg kicks. Very rare we see them, in, especially in MMA, but obviously this was kickboxing. But those, I think those close-in leg kicks or something in MMA, maybe we could see more often, especially for fighting like a striker. Um, they were so effective in this fight, I thought, for Gregorian. Actually, for both of them. But a, lo- a great weapon. Um, third round in, the close hook combos from Gregorian were so good again those close in leg kicks to me Sitchatai looked a little bit off balance looked a little bit tired and as I wrote that down on my notes the big left hook to the body came after the knee to the body and he knocked him out I didn't know what it was when I saw it first I saw the knee to the body and I'm thinking okay maybe the knee dropped him Uh, or or kind of not not dropped him but like dropped his posture down a bit and then the left hook came into the chin or whatever but it was actually I'm pretty sure it was the left hook to the body very hard to see it I I saw one replay and it was uh, maybe the referee was in the way of the other camera or something but yeah it was very tough to see but I'm pretty sure it was a a body shot that knocked him out uh, in the third round but a very very good fight very very good boxing match uh, kickboxing match and a good win for, um, for Gregorian there um, then we had I suppose the, the, the most high level uh, MMA fight uh, of the night between Gary Tonin and Martin Huin um, very good performance from Gary Tonin, started off with some lovely jabs, got into a quick body lock takedown and into mount and that probably all happened inside what, 20 seconds 25 seconds, if you're Gary Tonin that's exactly what you want, you know that is A plus stuff for you um, He isolated the neck really really quickly um, he, and he isolated and kind of like if let's say, so he was in mount and let's say he'd isolated it in a way that you're going for a head and arm choke but like without the arm and I've, I I've done this is probably a common thing in Jiu Jitsu but I, I haven't seen it that much in MMA he isolated that neck right so let's say the head and arm choke if you haven't seen it, the head and arm choke position without the arm so just like head in there and then he turned around and he took the back while still holding the neck and was basically in on the rear naked choke while he got the back, got the body triangle in and uh, and secured that position. It was exceptional stuff against a high-level guy like Martin Wynn. And people are probably saying, oh, high-level guy, is he really? Well, he is because of the way he defended after that. He defended it so well for a guy who had him basically all ends up caught. Um, defended it well, it was controlling the wrists, got free at one stage even. Um of the of the choke and of the the back mount ended up uh not not necessarily of the back mount but of the choke and of danger maybe but there was some good ground upon him from tonan um but you could see you so that was at the start of the round all the way through the round and there was like 45 seconds left and you could see so tonan knew it Uh, and he just upped the pace with the clock going eventually got the two arms free or the two wrists free let's say got the left arm under the neck attacked with the other side so it was the right arm that he initially had under the neck moved to the left arm under the neck and got the tap at the end of uh, of round 1 a brilliant performance from from Gary Tonon exception here I couldn't say enough about it and uh, and he go forward I'm, I'm sure in that division um Dinred Hirata versus Miura um and look Miura did what Miura does I suppose but this was um uh, a higher quality performance out of her over 15 minutes than we're used to And what I mean by that is usually when she gets her most high-level performances, she goes in, she chokes someone out very quickly. We very rarely see her being able to do this. We see we saw her against Xing um, Neng Zhang, the champion, and she went in there for 25 minutes, and she wasn't able to do it for five minutes. Like She was... It was I think that has been her biggest struggle as Miura, but she was able to do it here for a long period, so to recap the fight, she immediately went across the cage and clinched up, um, she was looking for that kind of front headlock that she looked for against Mangbo and got against Mangbo, but she was a little bit lower, I think had defended well in terms of that, she stayed high um, she, got, uh, she, got, uh, she got out in, but she got back in very, very quickly um, three minutes of kind of Bad shots against the ring, I would say. Hirata broke up, but Miura got her right back into the clinch, and then landed some good shots towards the end of of round one. Quick clinch again to start round two, and I think at the, at the second point in round one, where Miura got the clinch, Hirata's head kind of dipped down a bit, right? It was like, oh god, I'm this is this is me for the night. And in the second round, there was a period. I'd say over two minutes where uh Miora was holding the position against the ring in the clinch without actually clinching her. Like she'd no underhook, no overhook, no wrist control or anything like that. She was literally just standing in front of her and her was kind of was cowering there, you know? Was like not and cowering cowering's a bad word, but you know what I mean? She like wasn't moved she was afraid of the position. She's afraid of moving anywhere in case she get caught. She was mentally broken. I think she broke her mentally in that first round and by the time the second round came out, she was just there to you know, to defend. Um um, she put her on her butt in in the corner and Mura started landing some good shots. Uh, Hirata got up. She had even more shots. A few back elbows from Hirata to show a bit of life, but Miura swept her leg out from under her to get a takedown. Right back up again, but still in the clinch. Nice knees and stayed in the clinch for the whole round. Um, The clinch was accepted again immediately in the third round. uh, And basically that was that three minutes of minimal body control from Hirata. uh, Sorry, from uh, Miura and Hirata just stayed there. As I said again, absolutely broken takedown from Miura late. Hirata got up but still clinched towards the end of the round. And uh it was the, the, the easiest decision the judges will ever have to make in picking a winner in uh, in that one. Almost no output at all from Hirata Um and Miora Windsor. I think um I think if that was an attempt by month system, there might have been a couple of ten eights in there. Um she didn't land a load, let's say, but she did land enough. Um the best fight of night then was the next one out between Yuyo Akamatsu and Danny Kinyad such a good fight such a good fight round one immediate takedown for for Yuya reversed then reversed again big knee by Danny mad scrambles after that um but the last two minutes were a big difference in that round Yuya got on top landed some very nasty ground and pound but those scrambles in the middle of that round and the scrambles we'll see in the the second and third as well were just fantastic this is high high level stuff and um I I re- I'm a big fan of both of these guys. Everyone knows in these uh, previews of a soft spot for Yuya Wakamatsu. I just think at his best he can be very 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 good, and uh, he was at his best uh, this morning. Kenya got the clinch early in round two, uh, but Wakamatsu lands on top. Herb sends him up for a fence grab. Then um, it was all a bit odd. Uh, that was. Um, I didn't think there was much in it, but maybe there was. He, he he was around the other angle, and we couldn't see the angle, so maybe it was. Um, Danny landed on top um, then but Yuya sprawled out so you know it was, didn't make much of a difference um, loads of brilliant scrambles then again looked like Danny was going to have top control but no didn't look like Yuya was going to have it no um, I would say Yuya slightly got the better of that round obviously it's not scored in 10 by most so it, it doesn't matter but very very close one in the third in, uh, takedown for Yuya some ground a pound but they got up um, Danny spent two minutes failing to take Yuya down um, which was a real knock for him. Yuya got a takedown, landed some very nice ground upon. And that was really the story of the fight. It was when Danny tried to get a position to dominate, he just didn't. And Yuya did. And then he did dominate far from it, but not for large periods of the fight. But for a fight that scored as a whole, that's per- absolutely perfect. You know, he had all the clear offensive dominate, uh, dominating moments throughout the fight uh, and he won it and it was you know that was the only difference really like those 45 seconds maybe a minute long intervals where he is on top landing shots other than that it was mad scrambles even and brilliant fight and i uh, i really really enjoyed it um three fights left in the first of which was a kickboxing matchup between um uh between red o- opacic and uh, it has Azizpour, uh, it was your typical kind of small man versus tall man here. Page being the the, uh, the tall man, he was landing some uh, nice kicks, both high and low, lovely teeps. Azizpour was breaking uh, in with kind of risky shots, trying to spin him backfist, but the tall man was definitely winning there. Round two, the leg kicks and teeps were an even bigger factor. Azizpour was struggling to find his range. But around two minutes into the second round, he did. Um, he landed a nicely timed right hand after missing one just before it. Um, Got a low blow, um, but was more uh, aggressive after that. And I thought at the end of round two, like, round three is going to be real interesting. That round two was pretty close. I think it probably was 2-0 to uh, Opech. I've, I've said his name, like, three different ways, three different times now. But anyway, um, but it just, you know... The, the, the exciting round three didn't happen. It was just two stops start. There was loads of clinches, obviously, which you can't do in a kickboxing. There's loads of breaks. There was a wheel, a wheel kick at one stage from uh, Aziz and he got caught up in the ropes. Again, another stop. It was two low blows. Again, two more stops. Stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. So so. I'm not even sure who won that round, but it didn't matter because uh, O'Page was ahead, and he won the uh, he won the fight. He won the unanimous decision there. So a fight. That was one of the fights I was mentioned. You know, there's a couple, like, that. there was it threatened to become really good, but it just didn't happen, and uh, that was definitely that, Uh, and then we did two strawweight fights, uh, Masuani versus Yamakita, Uh, lots of outside knottingness, in this fight I would say, uh, Masuani fighting the sopa, but switching, he eventually got a lovely takedown, uh, on top for ages, but Yamakita was landing more shots, Um, uh, he picked him up, and it looked like he was going to slam him yeah, uh, late, did uh, Masuanya, but he just didn't slam him. Um, Got a few nice grounded knees, though, and that was that was very, very good. The second round, again, all this outside guff with nothing happening. Yamikita landed a right hand, both traded leg kicks. Yamikita didn't oddly win for a takedown, and Masuanya landed on top. Um, Yamikita was scoring from the bottom, but knees and elbows from the top really turned this fight for Masuanya. Uh, there was a one stage where he landed an elbow, um, and then he, I think, and he when, um Yamakita yeah, turned around, you could see the bloody mouth. I'm thinking, that's the sort of thing, you know, not to go full Dominic Cruz here or anything, but when you see that, you're thinking, okay, who's damaging who, who's landed the most here? And it was without a shadow of doubt Masuanya. Again, very slow start to the third round, takedown from Masuanya, um, the kind of the triangle you know wasn't there some lovely knees and elbows again very similar to what we had in round two um went for half an armbar late ended with some good ground and pound uh, and that was that again similar enough to the Wakamatsu fight in terms of he won all the big moments at Masuanya wasn't as good wasn't as fun I suppose as the Wakamatsu fight but similar in terms of the big moments um the opening bout then was probably the closest with the split decision between Billard and Minoa, loads of outside work and very little strikes to start this one off again, similar to the, the last fight. But I was able to break the distance multiple times uh and kind of half landed in the wane. And I think that was a winning of this uh of this f- f- fight, in fact. But the, definitely the first round, although obviously his rounds aren't scored uh by round or scored the fight scores a whole. Um the the ring do you know what? One thing I've created, I'm not a biggest fan of the ring, right? Um, but the ring is actually grand for the smaller guys because they can clinch better against it. So the biggest issue with the the ring, I think, is when it gets into a clinch, and it's bigger guys that kind of fall through the ropes, and there's arms in the ropes and all. But when it's the smaller guys, they can lean through it. There isn't too much weight being put on it, and it doesn't it doesn't affect the fight as much. Uh, but I think it was an, an uh, that was definitely an advantage for Bellar, you know, the Greco-Roman Olympian, uh, and he was able to clinch a lot there. Um... Bellart hit him with a, a low blow and KO'd him with a low blow at the, the start uh, I thought the fight wasn't going to continue he was down for an awful long time was Minoua, um, but he did get up and it was a better round for him landed two nice right hands did better in the clinch Ballard got a takedown but he b- bounced right back up uh, nice left kick by Ballard late might have been the best shot of the round maybe even the best shot of the fight so a good round for Minowa turned into I think late it wasn't, it wasn't a massive shot or anything but it was a nice one a round three both were more aggressive um i thought that would suit minua but it didn't bellart's fast hands favored him he clinched again even got a takedown nice shots in the clinch late from minua but um you know what was it enough was it not enough An extremely close fight i would have said i would have scored it for bellart and that's how the judges scored it as well and he ended up winning uh the split decision there so uh yeah those are all the fights from uh, from night. i'll just quickly recap them um in the main event, Superlag, I beat Takeru for unanimous decision. It was unanimous decision as well in the submission grappling for Keadra against Tommy Langlacker, uh, There was a face-crank win for Shinya Oki against John Lineker in the first round of their short notice fight. Nikki Holskin in the mixed rules bout beat Sexyama, Yashihira Akiyama. Marak Gregorian won his kickboxing match against uh, Sitchi Tive with a third round knockout. Gary Tonin uh, got a genuine rear-naked choke against Martin Wynn in the first round of their bout. Uh, I am Miura... Uh, dominated uh, Itsuki Hirata to unanimous decision. was also a unanimous decision for Yuya Makamatsu and opic against Danny Kenyad and is uh, Iraz I- poor respectively. Um, and then in the two strawweight fights, uh, there was wins for uh, Bokeng Masayanya over Keito Yamakita and for Gustavo Balart against Hiroba Minua. All right, everyone, that is the recap for your one one six five card. My name is Sean Sheehan for SharDog.com and I'll see you all next time